You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Here's a bonus trade from my conversation with Michael Guyad. Do you feel the expectations from the wider audience, whether you're on Twitter, do you feel like their expectations are unrealistic? Because there is a lot of vitriol when people, you know, put themselves out there, put your theory out there, which is all it is. As you said, no one's perfect. No one can predict the future. Um, but there seems to be an expectation that people want folks like you to be right all the time. And when they lose money because they listen to you, they blame you. Yeah. No, I think I think that's... First of all, that a, lar- a large part of that is because, unfortunately, attention spans have gotten shorter. So what happens, unfortunately, is that people, because they are so distracted and because they feel that they have to make money second by second, because they can trade commission-free and because they can see their account value every single moment in time, it makes them forget that that's not what investing is. It's not even what trading is. Right? It's noise. So you're right. They say and have unrealistic expectations because if you're not right on the single roll of the die – well, it must mean your signal is broken, which is ridiculous because even buy and hold breaks. There's no If you want something which is always perfect, go to Madoff. If you want something that is oh, never has any false signals, that's a fraud, right? Every strategy itself must have drawdowns. Every, every anomaly you try to take advantage of has to have periods where the anomaly is not presenting itself. In my case, the anomaly is they're the, these leading indicators to risk off dynamics and equities and that treasuries are the best way to play that. It's, again, it's not my opinion. I can go back in history and prove that historically. So, yes, there's unrealistic expectations. Now, you will, of course, always find those that do get it, do understand it. It's hard to find those, right? Again, because everyone is so short-term. And it's unfortunate because I think Wall Street kind of did this to itself, and I'm just kind of maybe a victim of that. Because a lot of people, for example, I saw somebody on Twitter uh, say, uh, well, you made more money uh, in Roro than your investors have. Again, I've been very public. I, the index that Roro actively benchmarks against destroys the S&P historically, the index, which is a backtest. But I happen to launch in a period where the environment's not working. The index, like the fund, has gotten smoked. So they say, well, you made more money in Roro than uh, your investors. Okay, so the break-even for an ETF is $25 million based on your fee. I just said I'm now down to $12 million in Roro. I was briefly at 41, so I didn't make more money than my investors, but this becomes the narrative because they see these other uh, faux gurus who got to billions of dollars in assets, and then they apply that narrative, which is probably more valid for them, and they apply it to me, a guy who's an entrepreneur trying to build a name and create something that's innovative. I have people that say, well, you know, your strategies are 1%. That's, that's insane. Insane. If everybody's clamoring for innovative strategies, well, how can you have innovative strategies if you can't even pay for the expenses because you're, you, you have to compete against Vanguard at five basis points? So I say all that because it's not just a function of people being unfair and having unrealistic expectations for the strategy. It's also being unrealistic and unknowledgeable about the nature of the business and how do you actually try to grow something in a very saturated field where everything is a carbon copy of everything else. And the only way to stick out is to expose yourself from a vulnerability perspective to being really off cycle so that eventually – when you're on cycle, you have a period like a 2020 where you're up 72%, right? So it is, it is, I go back to it is maddening. I mean, thankfully, as I always say, block early, block often, because you're not going to change somebody's mind, right? Unfortunately, 
Uh, I think uh, the, the harsh reality is that people only hear what they want to hear, and whatever they choose to hear is usually a distorted version of reality. Yeah. Do you think it's there's a sort of a gamification to it all that has led to this um, sort of quick short-term hit, short-term win mentality, as opposed to kind of really understanding the the sort of process of investing? Yeah. No, I think I think that's... It's not just gamification, it's charting. It's the fact that most people's analysis is looking at a chart. It's not looking at a prospectus. People would rather look at cat videos than read a prospectus. They'd rather, no, it's true. And, it's, it's, and that is, I'll tell you something, that's, that's, that's my real frustration. Because unfortunately, people always look to the right of the equal sign. You have to look to the left. You have to look into what goes into the solution, into the outcome. And by the way, when you look to the left, you realize that there's Randomness. There are variables that are errors. That doesn't mean that just because the outcome didn't go your way on the single roll again means that the variables that went into the equation were wrong, right? But and this is why, and it goes to the volatility of AUM and unfortunately the vitriol that takes place. Now, that's a different argument than there's some vitriol I would argue that is justified on, especially those that are not humble that will actively market and make claims that their strategies, I'm not going to say who, but you can probably guess who, will make 40% annualized or 50% annualized based on their models. Like, that's silly, right? I, I, I do believe investors should be able to recognize those that are trying to be honest with them. And that is, you can't tell from a chart. That's so interesting you say that because there doesn't seem in any discourse, whether you're talking about investing or or any other part of life, there doesn't seem to be a huge amount of desire for for honesty. Right, and every, and everyone is painted with a broad brush of dishonesty, which is unfortunate because it's like again, I'm 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 very open. I, these are rules based approaches. I, I'm constantly communicating. I'm constantly vulnerable. And listen, I'm human. I have emotions too. It's like people people that, that kick you when you're down or in your drawdown. What you think you think I want to go through a drawdown? You think I'm I, I I was planning to launch a strategy in the worst environment, not just for me, but any kind of a strategy, you look at risk parity strategies, smoked this year. You look at black swan type of strategies, which invest in treasuries. They, they've gone through their own black swan. Right? So it's, how do you counter that? It goes back to tell me, I keep going back to that point, tell me tell me I can't do something and I'll prove you wrong. So I survived long enough in this. I know the strategies. I know the backtesting. All the uh, people that were avoiding the approach and were criticizing it suddenly say, oh, now I get it. Right? And, and the cycle repeats. How do you deal with the stress? How do you how do you make sure you do, you don't get overwhelmed with the stress? I wish I knew. <laughs> okay, and I'll tell you why I say that. The um, it's kind of a cliche, but pressure makes diamonds. Look, you have to be able to at some point unplug, but we all know it's very hard to unplug when you have markets that are open pretty much every day. That's why I hope to God they never allow for twenty four seven trading. Uh, that's why I could never be in the crypto space because I just can't. I, I don't want to. I don't want to age beyond what I've already aged because of that stress of markets. Look, I think you know you need. Everybody has to have an outlet. So for me, it's music, right? and I've I've put out a lot of these songs I've written uh, on Twitter under the band name Fortune to Fall. Which, on a side note, that band name Fortune to Fall, which I owned back in 2002, is the Felix Culpa, right? The the Fortune to Blame. I think that's kind of a, a fantastic metaphor for life because. You go through these periods where something's not working, and with hindsight, it was actually maybe in some ways the best thing for you. So music is a big thing for me, just kind of having a creative outlet. And, you know, like everything else, just try to have friends, try to rely on on people that you care uh, for, and, and and always try to recenter yourself. Um, 
you have to be obsessed to be successful, which means you can never fully de-stress. But you also have to focus on your health and mental fortitude to have that grit, to have that perseverance. So I, I wish I knew if there was sort of one key thing that says, you know, uh, this is how you deal with stress when things are not working, but uh, I don't think you can be successful any other way. Do you play the music as well as write it, or are you the songwriter? Yeah, no songwriter and, and uh, guitar player, drums. I pretty much do all the main instruments. The uh, I went through this exercise when I was doing well with the mutual fund in 2020, getting a producer who did phenomenal work. I basically gave him the bare bones of the music, the structure, collaborated with him. He got session musicians. Uh, uh, songs are pretty good. I'll send them to you. I think I'm a little biased in saying that, but I do think, you know, it's interesting, right? Because and maybe that's kind of really the way to think about it. You need to have something where you can be creative outside of your, outside of your job, right? The, it, it's, it's not just a function of just sit there and watch TV, right? If you're, if you're really an entrepreneur, you have this constant desire to produce, to do something, to create, right? I think that's the one thing every entrepreneur has. They have this, something inside them that makes them itchy to always create something. So create another domain. I think that's probably the best way to to manage stress because sometimes if you don't create, you get more stressed. You get antsy. Yeah, that's fantastic. And sometimes the process of creativity can sort of open up ideas that you were too stressed to be considering in the moment <laughs> in the other pursuit. So you get a benefit from that. I just talked to Jared Dillian for this, and he said that he thinks that investing is an art for artists. Not It's not science. Yeah, I think I think that's um, I'm a big fan of Jared. I had also him also one of my Twitter spaces a few months ago. Um, I think that's right. Art is in the eye of the beholder. Uh, the problem is uh, most people's definition of beautiful art is up and to the right, <laughs> which is a chart. Right? Um, so I think that's that's probably true. And you know, uh, there's that old cliche that artists tend to be tend to be plagued with their own demons, their own frustrations, and that's what makes them creative. And I think there's an element of that in not just investing, but rich, almost every industry. I mean, being creative is 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 an art in and of itself, and being creative in launching products is an art, because right? you don't know if it's going to be liked or not liked, even though you like it. Great point. Michael, thank you so much. This was such a pleasure. Thank you for being on My Life in Four Trades. Uh, hopefully that was uh, worth the time for those that listened all the way through, and I appreciate the invite. I hope you all enjoyed this bonus trade. To hear the full episode and more, head over to realvision.com forward slash my life in four trades. And remember to use the numeral four so you never have to miss one of our conversations. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N ads.com.